Thank you for joining our podcast from New Life Church Greenbrier. If you're joining us for the first time, we would love to know about it. Just text Greenbrier to 88000 and fill out one of our Connect cards. Now, let's listen in to today's message. Welcome to church, guys. Thank you so much for being here this morning. Listen, we have a powerful week. This service has already started off that way. Would you agree with that? If you're thankful for true life change and God moving in our community, in our families, in our state, and in our world, would you give him some praise this morning? I believe that today, if you'll lean in just a little bit, and if you'll allow the Holy Spirit to do some work inside of you today, I believe that you could look back on today's events as a mark in your life to say that was the moment that I walked out of a room lighter than I've ever walked into it. I believe that God wants to do something with some of you today. I truly believe that as well as I'm here. We've got a huge week coming up. We're going to kick off um, our week of prayer and fasting with a worship night, as Gar said. That's tonight right here at 6 o'clock. And that starts our fast as well as a church. Um, what you may or may not realize is New Life Church, we have 18 campuses around the state of Arkansas. And we're just one of those campuses. But um, all across the state this week, every campus will be participating in this prayer and fast. And Pastor Rick and Michelle Bazette, which is my pastor, Pastor Rick, um, it's been on their heart from day one to set aside a time at the beginning of the year to focus on prayer and fasting, to seek the Lord's direction for our lives and for our church and the vision as we move forward. And um, this year is no different. But I will say this, I believe that this year is special because I believe that many of you are going to find freedom like you've never experienced before. You know, we kicked off this series um, last week on Rooted and the importance of staying connected and remaining in Christ. And that if we want to produce a fruit that amounts to anything or do something that equals anything, we're going to have to remain inside of him. If we try to do it on our own, what you think you may be accomplishing is useless. Today, we're going to talk about a topic that I think many people struggle with. In fact, I'm part of that. I would go a step further and say that I believe that every person in this room today has dealt to some extent with what I'm going to be preaching on this morning, and that is bitterness. Has anybody ever experienced bitterness in their life? I think we all have to some extent. If you got your Bibles with you, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to turn to the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verses 14 through 15. We'll read it together. If you're there, say, I'm there. It reads, make every effort to live in peace with everyone. Everybody say everyone. Everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. We're going to come back to this in just a moment. You know, and when you allow bitterness to, to move into your life and to work its way into your life, it can cause some major damage, especially if we don't do something about it. I asked a friend of mine before I stepped on stage at the last service, I said, what do you think the hardest part of getting rid of bitterness is? And he said, forgiveness. Well, let me tell you why that is. It's because without forgiveness, you can't eliminate bitterness. It starts with forgiveness, and then the bitterness leaves. 
We're going to look through this passage of Scripture this morning, but the thing about it is, is when you allow bitterness to creep in, it gets really hard to find joy again. It gets hard to, it's hard to find good in people. It's like when you have bitterness towards someone and you're holding something against someone, it doesn't matter what they accomplish or what they do or how great it may be, it's hard to see the good in them. And it comes really hard to forgive. You know, in life, we have a choice. Every person sitting in this room, we have a choice. Some choices you don't have. Some of you do not have a choice to bring your spouse to church today because they were making you come to church, right? But we all have this choice. We all have the choice to make the decision whether we're going to live out of the tree of life or we're going to live out of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Now, if you've been a part of our Real Change life group before, you've heard this before. As a matter of fact, I've taught on the tree of life and the tree of knowledge and good and evil before. But what is the difference? What is the difference of living out of the tree of knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life? Well, I'll tell you the difference. The knowledge of good and evil is all about bondage. It's all about religion. I had a man sit on my living room couch one day, and he said, I've never heard about the relationship of Christ. It's always been about the religion and the law that comes with it. The tree of knowledge of good and evil, it leads to death. You look at God like he is only a judge waiting to condemn you for your next mistake that you're making. But the tree of life, what does that look like? You see, when you make the decision to live out of the tree of life, that's when you begin to experience freedom. That's when you understand what true grace is really about. Eternal life, you understand how good God really is. And that you understand that he's a forgiving God. I want to tell you something that you may not believe, but before this service is up, I'm going to prove it to you. You are able to forgive. That person that you're holding that bitterness towards, that person that has offended you, that person that has hurt you, that person that went against everything that you've worked for and everything that you believe and everything that you've tried to pour into, you are able to forgive them. You say, well, you don't know what's happened to them. You're right, I don't. But for us to understand what forgiveness is, it's something very important that you need to understand. You need to understand what forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is not a conditional contract. It's not a conditional contract. Jesus didn't hang on the cross and say, Father, forgive them if they do this, 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 and this. He said, Father, forgive them for they what? No, not what they've done. I'll tell you the next thing that forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is not forgetting what happened. No, sometimes you need to forgive and remember. Forgiving someone is not forgetting what happened. I realize that some of you sitting in this room right now, you've had some offenses that have occurred to you that are huge, that hurt you big time, that cause you serious pain, maybe tragedy, maybe even loss of life. I get that. But forgiveness is not forgetting what happened. The other thing is forgiveness is not retaliation. How many of you ever heard, I don't get even, I get ahead? Anybody ever say that? I mean, that used to be my favorite quote. Like, I don't get even, I get ahead. But forgiveness is not retaliation. That's not what forgiveness is at all. We see a great example of this in the Old Testament with Joseph. His own family sold him into slavery. And then Potiphar's wife accused him of rape when the whole time she was the one trying to molest him. He had every right in the world to be bitter. Am I right? I mean, that checks a few boxes, doesn't it? I mean, he had a reason to be bitter. He had an excuse to be bitter, but he wasn't. And look how he responded. 
Instead, he told his brothers, he said, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. You can read about it in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20 is where it starts. And the next thing, forgiveness, well, it's not trust. Now, let me be very clear about something. Trust can be earned, but it takes time sometimes. Trust can be earned back. There may be an offense that has occurred to you or against you. It may be that, honestly, your spouse doesn't trust you. Can she forgive you without automatically trusting you? Or can he? The answer is yes. Now, can that trust be earned back over time? Absolutely. You see, trust is earned. Forgiveness is given. Are you guys with me today? Let me tell you the next thing that forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is not reconciliation. Reconciliation can occur, but that's not forgiveness. You see, for us to truly understand what forgiveness is, we have to lock in and know what forgiveness is not. We have a life group that is called Real Change. Um, do we have anybody in here that's been through Real Change? If you've, been, if you've been in a Real Change life group, raise your hand. Okay, put your hands down. If you've been through Real Change and it had an impact on your life, would you raise your hand? I, I didn't see any hands go up that didn't go up the last time. We, um, we will have three different opportunities for you guys to join a Real Change life group this next semester. You see, as we go through life, there are certain things that everyone experiences offense, everyone experiences tragedy, everyone experiences hurt and pain and suffering in their life. You're going to experience things like that in life and as you walk through life. But if we're going to run the race that's set before us that God has intended us to run, we need to get rid of some of that baggage. Would you agree with that? Real change is a great way to get started with that. We understand that not everyone can meet on Wednesday night, so there's actually three life groups that will be meeting. We have a women's group that is meeting on, hold me to this, Adam, if I'm correct, um, Tuesday night for the ladies are meeting. So there's just a women's life group for a real change. It's meeting on Tuesday night. And then Wednesday night, we have our normal life groups where we have halftime ministries going on as well so your children can be growing in the Word of God. And then we have one on Sunday nights. Now, the Sunday night does not have child care. But there's three different options for you to get connected and get plugged into real change. And I can, I can say this. I truly believe that if you will give it a chance and you'll stick with it and you'll hang in there, you will come out of the backside of this next semester with growth, with freedom, like you've never experienced before. I truly believe that. Listen, you cannot always control what happens to you in life. Don't you wish you could? Don't you wish you could control everything that occurs and everything that happens and every offense that someone commits towards you? You can't. But you can control how you respond to that. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Do you know 69% of Americans say that they are currently walking around today holding a grudge against someone? So more than half of you people are holding a grudge against somebody. Bunch of heathens. We're going to pray for you today. More than 69% of Americans are holding a grudge. What if we were a church where that wasn't the case? What if we were a church that was walking in freedom and made a decision to extend forgiveness even when it wasn't deserved? Oh, wait a second. What do you mean? Well, they don't deserve to be forgiven. Did you? Aren't you glad that God doesn't judge us the way that we judge others sometimes? Y'all got really quiet. 
Deuteronomy 29, 18 tells us, it says, I am making this covenant with you so that no one among you, no man, woman, clan, or tribe, that's everybody, will turn away from the Lord our God to worship these gods of other nations, and so that no root among you bears bitter or poisonous fruit. Scripture tells us, calls it a poisonous fruit. You see, bitterness is one of those things, it's almost like what Pastor Rick says all the time, it's like drinking poison and expecting someone else to die. That's what bitterness is. When you hold on to bitterness against someone else, against an offense, against something that's happened, you're holding on to it, but guess who it's affecting? You. You're holding yourself captive, not them. That's the reason that Cain killed Abel, was bitterness. That fruit, it will destroy your peace, church. It'll destroy your hope for a future, your relationships. Ultimately, bitterness will eat away at the work of God in your life. It'll prevent you from getting where God wants you to be every time if you allow it to creep in. There was a quote I read from Oswald Chambers that says, If there is the tiniest grudge in your mind against anyone, your spiritual penetration into the knowledge of God stops. Well, wait a minute. You're saying that my growth in God's word could be hindered based upon bitterness that I'm holding on to because of an offense that someone else committed against me? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. But I want to tell you this. If you will lock in today with me, if you'll truly lock in, and you'll allow the Holy Spirit to do a work inside of you, you will leave here changed. But it's only if you allow the Holy Spirit to do something. So how do I know? How do I know if I'm harboring bitterness towards someone or in my life? How do I know if I've allowed it to take root in my soul? Ask him. Am I producing bitter fruit? Is the fruit that I'm producing, is it bitter? Or is it something from God? You know, I've got, um, I've got some shrubs in front of my house. Let me just go ahead and let you all in on a little secret. If you send flowers to the Powell house, they will die. They are on death row the minute they cross the threshold of my home. I don't know why. We cannot. We are not Michael Carter. I'm just telling you. Michael Carter can make anything grow. Michael Carter has never set, sent one of his plants to our house because he knows they're going to die. The only thing we can grow, we can grow two things, weeds and then some kind of red. Michael, you may know what this is. Some kind of red shrub. I don't know what it was. I bought it on sale. When we built our house, I thought it was cool, and then it started to grow, and then it grew bigger and bigger, so I started trimming it. It got to the point where I was having to trim this red bush every time I mowed my grass. I got tired of it, so you know what I did? I hooked a chain to it, hooked it to the front of my tractor. I jerked it out of the ground, built a big old fire in the backyard, danced around it. I didn't dance. I was just seeing if y'all were paying attention, but I was really happy when I burnt those bushes. But then less than a year later, you know what happened? Those stinking things started growing back. Now they're, you go to my house right now. I've poured poison on them. I have cut them. I've poured gasoline on them. Nothing works. I'm going to tell you why they grew back, though. It's because I just removed what was on the surface. I didn't get to the root. I didn't get down to what really matters. Some of you have been harboring bitterness in your heart 
and it's deep. And I'm not saying that what occurred to you wasn't wrong. I'm not saying what someone said to you wasn't wrong. I'm not saying what you went through wasn't wrong. But I am saying that it continues to affect you day after day after day after day. And it's going to continue to until you get to the root of it. Now, that's a catchy phrase, rooted, for this series. It's pretty catchy to say that the root produces the fruit, isn't it? But it's the truth. If we allow bitterness to take root inside of our heart, it will continue to grow. It will continue to deteriorate. And you can remove it from the surface, but over time it's going to continue to come back. Ephesians 4.31 says, let all bitterness, everybody say all bitterness, all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. You know what malice means? I had to look it up this morning. It's the intent or desire to do evil. What? The intent or desire? So you see, what happens is when bitterness works its way in, then all of a sudden you want to get even, don't you? I mean, y'all be real. You want to get even. I know you people. Y'all aren't shaking your head, but you know what's the truth. When you've let the root of bitterness grow in the soil of your heart beneath the surface, it will always show up as fruit in your life above the surface every time. I want you to write this down. Here are three areas to look for this bitter fruit in your life. Three areas that will help you identify if you have bitterness. Maybe you don't even realize it. But how's your mouth? How do you communicate with those around you? How do you respond? Luke 6.45 says, A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Where I see this to be the most true is under pressure. When we experience things that are not going our way, it's typically when what is on the inside comes out every time. You see, the words of my lips are a good thermometer for what's happening in here every time. Whatever's in your heart, it'll end up coming out of your mouth. Number two, am I watching reruns? Now, this is an important one. Are you finding yourself in a conversation that sounds something like this? The next time he says this, I'm saying this. The next time she comes at me with that, man, I'm coming at her with this. Man, I can't believe I just sit there and let them say that to me. Man, I can't believe that happened. That's never happening again. I'm never opening up again. I'm never going to let anyone in again. I'm never... I'm. Are you with me? You're just playing a rerun in your head over and over and over. And then it becomes this great, big, huge wall that's separating you from where God wants you to be. Are you playing a rerun over and over? If you are, it's a good sign that you have bitterness somewhere. This is not how God treats us. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that God doesn't continue to play the reruns of our worst moments in his head over and over and over? I mean, I don't know about you, but I've made some mistakes in my life. We all have. Scripture tells us, though, this is not how God treats us. Psalm 103.12 says, as far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. He doesn't watch reruns of our worst moments. The next one is, are the people around me bitter? 
Are the people that are closest to me, are they becoming bitter? Negative. Glass is always half empty, always complaining. Can't find anything to be happy about. There's nothing to be joyful about. It's just constant nagging, worse, over. Are you with me? Are the people that's closest to you, closest around you, and around you the most, are they becoming bitter? Chances are good that they're catching it from you. But let me flip that script for just a second. Bitterness is like a mirror. It's always reflecting what you're putting out. Well, if you're not careful, if you allow yourself to get around people that are that way, before you know it, you're going to become bitter. Listen, I want to be around people that I can laugh with, that I can cut up with, that I can joke with. We're going to have fun in life. We talk about that dash. That dash is only so long. I don't have any room for no drama. I have a zero drama policy in my house. No drama mamas. If you a drama mama, stay out of my house. Zero drama. That was funnier when I said it myself. <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm trying. But is the people around you bitter? Are the people that you catch yourself spending the most time with, are they bitter? Are you allowing that to catch on? Hebrews 12, 15 says, See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. You see, the thing about it is, is that bitterness that you're harboring and that you're holding on to against someone, well, it's not just affecting that person. It's affecting many. And the person that it's holding captive is you. Every time. Every time. Can I just be honest with you for a second? I come up to the church on Saturdays a lot of times just to pray and to go through the message, practice my jokes. I'm kidding. I probably need to practice my jokes a little more, don't I? But no, I do. I come up here, and as I was working through this message, i got to be honest with you. I just kept, I, I, I got to the place that I almost erased it off. And started over. And I walked off. I was, I was up there and I walked off of here and I walked to right here in the middle of the room. And I turned around and I, I had this conversation with God. I said, God, what is the deal? It's like this message, I can't, I can't figure out what it is. And I looked down and one of the prayer books was sitting on the chair and the only thing I noticed was prayer. I was like, okay. So I hit my face before the Lord. And you know what God revealed to me? This is something I have to work on too. As your pastor, I don't stand up here and tell you that I've got everything figured out and I know all the answers. My job is to teach you what the Word of God says, not what my opinion is. But can I tell you that this is an area that I have to work on daily? I mean, there's people in my life that I have a good reason to be bitter towards. People that have hurt me too, we all have. But if we don't make the mistake to extend forgiveness first and foremost and remove that bitterness, we're not going to be able to grow. And we're definitely not going to be able to go when God calls us to. It's like walking around with weight on your back. You know, if you, how many track runners do we have in the room? We got anybody used to run track in school? Anybody? Anybody real fat? Bree, you run track? Were you good? Were you fast? What, what, what event did you run? Two miles? 
Oh my goodness. God bless her. Play for her, please. I spell run backwards, N-U-R. But listen, you don't line up on the starting line with a bunch of weight on your shoulders, do you? No, you stretch out. If you're going to run a race, you stretch out. And you're light. You wear the lightest tennis shoes. Why? So you can run the fastest. A lot of us are walking up to the starting line in our marriages, in our careers, in our relationship with the Lord, carrying a bunch of baggage. And you're scared to let go of it but for some reason. Because you're afraid that if you let that person off the hook, they're just going to hurt you again. Am I right? Can anybody relate to that? Am I just talking to a wall? Two of you shook your head yes. I believe that God has a race set before us. And if we're going to run it at the pace that he's designed us, created us, and called us to run it, we need to eliminate some of this junk. Amen? Paul says in Ephesians 4.32, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. You see, Paul ties how I forgive others to how Christ forgave me. Remember how far God had to reach down to get you? You remember? When I remember the mistakes of my past, and when I remember how far God had to reach down to get me, and I think about the bitterness that I'm harboring towards someone else, it is minimal in comparison to how far God had to reach and get me. I would stretch to say that that's probably the case for you as well, a lot of the times. So what am I supposed to do? Well, what am I supposed to do? Okay, Tim, I get it. So forgiveness is not trust. Okay, I can buy that. Forgiveness is not reconciliation. Okay, I, I, can, I can buy that. Forgiveness is not minimizing the offense. Okay, I buy that. Okay, so if forgiveness is none of those things that I thought it was, and I've made the decision to, to forgive someone, what do I do next? What's my next step? Let me tell you what your next step is. You've got to set them free. You have to make the choice. You have to make the decision to set them free. You have to say, I am forgiven so I can forgive. Colossians 3.13 says, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. You know, I had a person tell my son one time, he said, you know, before you have to forgive someone, they have to first ask you. Now, let me be very clear for you, those of you that are not listening today. That is not true. How many of you know that Papa Tim put the truck in park real quick when I heard that statement? I said, no, son, that's not right. We had a long discussion. Um, how many of you know I picked up the phone and requested a meeting with that person that made that statement the next day? And this was many, many years ago. And it was a man of God. But I couldn't understand why would he say something like that. And then when I got to the root of it, what I found was that there was an offense that had occurred that was a tragic offense that had occurred many, many years before in this man's life. And this was a way that he was justifying hanging on to that offense. You know, we can justify just about anything, can't we? I mean, we can justify it. I mean, some of you can figure out a way to justify being LSU fans, and I don't know how you do that. I heard an amen. 
it's time for us to stop justifying holding someone else captive for a pain or a hurt or offense that occurred in your past. And it's time for us to kick the door open on what God wants to do in us. Does anybody want to walk in freedom in 2023? I mean, really? How many of you want to walk in freedom in 2023? Man, I do too. And sometimes we have to take a true self-evaluation of our heart. We have to do some research. We have to look deep and see if there's something that we're missing, if there's something that's taken root that we haven't recognized, that we've just overlooked. Maybe it happened so many years ago that we don't even realize that we're still harboring that bitterness towards this person. Some of you are in this room right now, and you're bitter at me because of something I said, and I don't even know it. I mean, it's the truth. I had someone come up to me. I barely remember this person from, from high school, but I had someone come up to me this past year, and she said, you know, you weren't very nice to me in school, and I've held that against you ever since, and I just need to forgive you. Y'all, that was a long time ago. I'm pretty old. Don't tell anybody I said that, though. I said, I'm so sorry. I had no idea. Will you forgive me? She's like, well, of course I'll forgive. I was like, I'm so sorry. And then I left there that day, and I thought, you know what? I wonder how many people are walking around today harboring bitterness against someone and they have no idea what they did and you know I still don't remember what I did she couldn't even tell me what I did she just said I wasn't very nice to her I may have been having a bad day I don't know I had who knows I mean I hate it it just hurt my heart to hear that you know there are people right now that you're holding bitterness against that you're harboring that against that if they knew it would crush them they didn't do it with the intention of hurting you. Now, some, maybe so. So I'm not minimizing the offense here. But what I do want to say is that you don't have to carry it any longer. As we walk into our week of prayer and fasting, I want to truly encourage you to participate in this fast. Now, those prayer books that we've provided you, our creative team has done an amazing job putting those together. Maybe you're not really clear on what a fast is, and I thought about teaching on fasting today. They did such a good job of, of explaining what a fast is and tying scripture to it, and you know, I've had people say, well, I'm going to fast social media, and that's a great idea. You know, it's, it's really good. We spend too much time on that, but that's really an accessory to fast. Fasting in scripture is always tied to food, and the reason that we fast food, you know, fast, fasting without prayer, that's just going hungry, but if you're in prayer this week and if you need a breakthrough in an area, maybe it's in a relationship with your family, maybe it's your spouse, maybe it's your career, I don't know what it is. We, we each have something different. Maybe it's just clarity and vision for moving into this next season. As you make that step and as you move forward, we fast so that we can set aside our own cravings so we can focus on what God's will is for our life. And I want to encourage you to be a part of that this week. We'll open the doors up at 6 a.m. every morning, Monday through Friday. We'll have you out of here at 7. If you can only stay till 6.30, it's fine. We'll have a little short message, word from one of our leaders. We'll have a time of worship. And we start our fast tonight with a worship night. So I'm fixing to eat a lot during lunch. I'm just telling you, if y'all see me over here with two pizzas, I'm not hadn't started yet. But let's go into this, this next year. 
Let's see what it is that God has for us. And let's run the race set before us. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you made a decision for Christ or could use prayer for any area of your life, please let us know. All you have to do is text Greenbrier to 88000 and click on Connect Card. Be sure to join us next week 